Muito obrigado and boa noite, Felipe Massa. Thank you and goodbye, Felipe Massa. Ooh, close. Good good night. Yeah, thank you and good night. Good night. Give the wheel to your son, Felipe. He's the new Massa. (laughs) If there's anything we know about Brazilian prodigies, it's that there will be a surnamed... Uh, the same surname will reappear, and it will be the spawn of the previous driver. They're like uh, it's like Pokemon's; they evolve. Is it is is he a junior? Is he Felipe Massa Junior? Who who the older one or? Oh, Felipe Massa's son two, isn't there? Yeah, I don't think his name is Felipe. Is it? Huh? I don't know. Is it Felipe but Massa's son? We saw him uh, do a mock pit change with uh, Pastor Maldonado that one yes. time. So. We saw, we saw him beat uh, Daniel Ricciardo and uh, some crazy cards. That's right. As well. His son is called Philip Filipinho, Filipino, oh. which is like Felipe. Probably that's probably Felipe's name, right? Maybe. Filipino. Maybe. I'm trying derivative? not to say Filipino, but that's what it's. That's what if I was to say it phonetically, Drew, it says Filipino. So I don't know. What, I don't know what to fucking tell you. I'm sure his name isn't Filipino because he's Brazilian. This is Shift F1. <laughs> A podcast about speedy race cars. I'm Drew Scanlon. I'm Daniel O'Spaniel. Uh, and this is uh, Brazil. Second to last race uh, in Brazil. So the, we got one more to go. The pen ultimate. The ultimate pen. Day. Yeah. And, and and what, you know, perfect timing that you were there when the race was on, Drew. Amazing. You, <laughs> you went over to Brazil for three weeks. I can really, I can really pick them, huh? Ah, <laughs> oh, Whatever. You missed that. Were you? How close were you to Interlagos? Did you ever get down to Sao Paulo? Uh, I did, yes, but Sao Paulo is enormous. Oh, okay. I think it is the the twelfth largest city on Earth. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh my God. it's like Coruscant. It's humongous. I, okay, I was just in Amsterdam this weekend, which is actually incredibly small. So I'm going to look up what Sao Paulo was. Twelve million. Oh my yeah. God, that's three times the size of Ireland. Amsterdam is a population of. Uh, I think it was only 800,000. Oh, so it's like San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, actually. That's true. And it's probably, I don't know, size-wise, it's not very dense at all. It's a fucking mm. really weird... I guess that it's just one of these old cities that they're really not allowed to build above three stories anywhere. So it's, okay. like, fairly flat. Keeps them looking nice. No sales force. No, there's no fucking <laughs> sales force tower in the middle of Amsterdam ruining the skyline. Uh, I had a dream last night that I was in Oakland. I think I was crossing the Bay Bridge and then I woke up and I was in this like house in the woods in Maryland and it freaked me the fuck out. I was like, where am I? What's going on? Why can't I hear the highway? Uh, It happened when I was in Amsterdam as well. I kept waking up and not not having a clue where I was. I need to like, I need like a couple of months living somewhere without travel to just like settle my like, my brain's like locational screensaver so it knows where I am. (laughs) You probably feel the same way going off to spending so much of your year abroad. You spend so much longer as well. You spend like I was in Amsterdam for like four days. You were like, it took you so long to record all that. Yeah, stuff I was in like four days per city in oh Brazil. My God. Yeah, fair play. That's why it's good to come home and watch some goddamn race cars. Word, Danny. Fear Even not, if the series is you're over, home. you're home. <laughs> yeah, season. Te- technically i mean yeah but i don't know last uh, this race was pretty good i'm i got high hopes for abu dhabi uh i've got a lot more hopes for next year i'm I'm really excited about what f1's gonna look like next year yeah another little bit of a, a shift around 
Yeah, I mean the only the only fight that I can really see going on is the Renault Haas thing because they're within. Well, I don't know what they were within before the race, but they're they're within a, a, a couple, a several points, shall we say, of each other. But uh, apart from and Torosso, and Toro and Torosso, yeah, I guess they're they're yeah. six points separate Torosso, Renault, and Haas. Jeez Louise, yeah, yeah. So anything can uh, happen. Anything can happen, including being robbed at gunpoint. Uh, apparently this happened five times over the race weekend in San Paolo. Wow. Uh, According to the the Guardian, there were five incidents over the weekend involving gunpoint robbery. Mercedes mechanics in a minibus had valuables stolen by armed thieves on Friday, including their passports. Oh, that sucks. Uh, And FIA officials and Williams staff also also suffered attempted robberies during the same evening. On Saturday, Sauber crew were the victims, and on Sunday, Pirelli staff. Jeez. I mean, it's not like this is totally alien. Jensen Button was in, like, a car, like like an armed attack while he was in his car about six or seven years ago. Yeah, here. Driving away from the, I think, driving away from the circuit. So, like, it's fucking nuts. The FIA actually issued a uh, a statement as a result saying, uh, in order to minimize risk, we would strongly advise that you remove car park passes when exiting the circuit huh. and only reapply them when close to the circuit entry gate. It is also advisable to remove paddock passes and, if possible, to change any clothing with outlet-oriented branding, such as TV networks, before exiting the circuit. Right. And presumably, you know, race teams. Right. I, I mean, the the circuit is essentially, you know, adjacent to favela on, I think, three sides, maybe all sides, I don't know, but certainly three sides. So that's like, you know, that's 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 the upper class and the lower class rubbing shoulders right there and then mix in the fact that they're not locals. And then it's a pretty, uh, pretty good. And um, if you're situation. wearing a like a some kind of branded shirt, right. you're just a beacon. Yeah. You're like so, a soft touch. It's like it's like candy on a piece of you know carrot on a stick for anyone who's 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 looking to rob somebody. So I mean you know, fucking glad nobody got hurt at the end of the day. At least, you know, yes. stuff stuff gets stolen. That's the way. That's the way it is. But at least nobody got hurt. Hopefully everyone got away without too much mental scarring as well. Yeah. Um, did you? How did you feel when you were there? How did you feel? Like, is it the sort of thing where when you're in a foreign country, you're just a little bit like wary anyway because the one thing about an f1 race i can see is like all these people when they're in the circuit are with their friends and with people their colleagues and maybe they're they let their guard down but what was it like for you when you were there uh i was on my guard um but i think i was especially on my guard because everyone including brazilians told me before i went there that hey you should really (laughs) be on the lookout right uh and, and try to minimize uh, looking like a target as much as possible. Right. So, like, don't flash your camera around, don't flash your phone around, that kind of stuff. Um, nothing ever happened to me um, uh, or or Joey, my, my camera guy, Good. who was with me the whole time. And he, uh, not the whole time, but um, for, for two of the cities. Uh, he also has very broad shoulders. Yeah, he's a big so. dude. No one, no one was gonna mess with him. That's but true. Um, you're a tall, dude. I, but that is scary when, especially when you're filming stuff, because like, hey, guess what? When you're filming stuff, you need to have a camera out. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, in when I went to Ukraine, I felt much more free to shoot out in public. You know, right. oh, I'm walking around this area. I'm walking around over here. Uh, we didn't do any of that in yeah. uh, in Brazil without uh, Brazilians escorting us. 
there was one point where we were shooting in San Paolo, actually, uh, in like this, they call it a gray market. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and there were a lot of people around and, and one big Brazilian dude stood behind Joey the whole time. Wow. Um, uh, with our group, uh, right. to, to make sure that, uh, nobody messed with him and, and everything was okay. Just punching his, his fist into his palm over and over <laughs> right. again, like five <laughs> second <much>. intervals. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, glad to hear it. Uh, yeah. But speaking of being robbed, Hamilton crashes out. <laughs> In Q1. Sure does. He crashes out. Okay. He crashes out in Q1. He crashes out in Q1. Doesn't even set a time. He crashes out, I think. I'm going to count them. One, two, three, then a straight, four. I think on the fifth turn, he crashes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like a bit of rain, a bit of wet on the track. He just, I don't know, the back just dumped out on him. Like it was almost like an aquaplane, but I don't think there's enough water for it to be aquaplaning. But he just went and flew out into a, a part of the track that actually has a half decent amount of runoff, but didn't matter. Straight into the wall. That was the end of his qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's, you know, uh, you don't see that a lot from Hamilton just losing it. No, you don't. You don't see people like either also totaling their cars in qualification all that often. Like you'll see people fuck them up every now and again. But like, I think two of his wheels were broken. It was a uh, yeah. He kind was, of shunted sideways straight into the wall. Yeah, especially on an outlet. Like he wasn't going out to. He wasn't setting a time. Um, I don't think. I think. He, I think he literally pulled out of the pits when it happened. Um, oh really? You don't I, think it was on a hot lap? I don't think it was. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. But when I was watching it, um, I didn't catch qualifying live. I watched it uh, as part of the main race when they went back to show everything, um, and it looked to be that way. So maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, just crazy i mean immediately there you go starting from the pits like that's that's just the way that goes you don't set a time you don't get to go yeah uh i i actually did i, I woke up uh saturday morning and thought oh it's qualifying's on at like a reasonable time i'm you know i i've missed a little bit of it but i'll turn it on because i you know want to watch it live uh and i turn it on and it's the middle of q2 and i don't see hamilton's name i'm like <laughs> oh man the one time like right. hamilton crashes in q1 and you miss it. it i miss it uh problems also apparently for raikkonen when he's on the grid uh kind of scary because we've seen that a lot furious action around a ferrari that then gets shuttled to the pit but uh, he soon gets into his car and i guess it was just a weak uh telemetry signal that they were yeah it was weird they had the panels off the side and it looked like oh there's like something severe getting replaced here but yeah i guess they were just weren't Uh, to be honest the radio stuff at Interlagos is, or I guess we're calling it Autodromo Jode Cade Pache now. Um, a lot more now. Everyone, I didn't see Interlagos mentioned once on any of the uh, on any of the the broadcast. But it's always been a bit of a um problem there. I think it has something to do with the fact that they're inside of a city with lots of signals, and also there's quite a heavy fall off. The track is very low at the bottom part, um. Mm. So that's always been an issue. So I think that they were maybe just prepping to make sure that. Um, they didn't have any problems with the with with telemetry coming back. Uh, but yeah, well, they had problems during the race with like what lap it was. Right. Yeah, you're right. Actually, for the first couple of laps of the race, there was there was like I think after the fifth lap, shall we say, yeah, it disappeared for a while as well. It was weird. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, also, before the race, uh, Mass gets kissed from his wife for his final uh, Brazilian Grand Prix this year. Uh, this <laughs> for now. <laughs> Uh, interesting shot of Chase Carey talking to Bernie Eccleston, which right. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. I'm not sure if I would. I bet it's really awkward. 
<laughs> uh, it's a really stinted, awkward conversation between an American billionaire and a Romanian vampire who has been <laughs> running this company for the past 80 years. Uh, and also a nice thank you uh, from Massa over the radio before the race yeah, starts. Nice. I don't think yeah. you did the, the rundown of, uh, of poll of who's the grid yet. I'm about to, Danny. Oh, sorry. Here it is. <laughs> uh, Botas on top. Uh, uh, that's almost, what happens. Yeah, when, when Hamilton's not there. <laughs> uh, that's not fair. He's gotten it for real. Yeah. Uh, Fettel mm-hmm. in second. Narrowly pipped by Botas uh, on the, the last possible lap in qualifying. Raikkonen in third, followed by Verstappen and Perez rounding up the top five. Behind him, Fernando Alonso. What? Nico Hulkenberg, Carlos Sainz, Felipe Massa in ninth, and Ocon in tenth. Behind him, Grosjean, Van Dorn, Magnussen, Ricardo with a 10-place power yeah. unit penalty. Ouch. Uh, Verline in 15th, Stroll with five-place uh, penalty for a gearbox, Ericsson with a uh, five-place penalty for a gearbox, Hart... I almost said Harianto. <laughs> Hartley! <laughs> with 10 places for a power unit. Uh, Gasly for 25 places for a power unit. And Jeez. Hamilton starting from the pit lane. I guess when you don't set a time in qualifying, you start from the back of the field. But since they were already starting from the back of the field, Mercedes opted to give him an entirely new engine. Uh, and yeah. in so doing, uh, because they worked, I think, outside of Park Ferme. Right, uh, that meant they had to start from the pits. Ah, okay, um, yeah, the, uh, and the the only other massive negative about that is that you don't get to heat up your tires like everyone else does on that lap. Yeah, so. you don't get a formation lap. Yeah, so it's a big risk reward, I guess. Uh, yeah, I wonder why they did that for Hamilton, considering, I guess, did they just not think? Did they not want him not finishing the last race of the season or something? Or did, it just seems weird. Like, I guess they don't want him not being competitive, but also. Like, the championship's over, so why bother? Seems weird. Yeah, I mean, they may have wanted to give him a, a good engine so that he could power through and not worry about where, right. you know? Hmm. Uh, so that's the grid. You want to take us through the start, Danny? Sure, why not? Uh, all eyes on Vettel and Bottas. The, the start of this race is always very interesting because um, it's not the longest straight in the world, and it immediately goes into a, a relatively tricky sort of a three-part turn. Um, where there's not all that much uh, room and also you can get it on the inside, lose it on the next one and also win it back on the next one and then it goes into a straight. So the, the, the whole situation at the start here isn't necessarily about who can get in first right away. It's kind of who can get best track position going down that straight um, and then once they sort of, if they if they can get around, I guess what it is, turn four or five, uh, after the straight, uh, then generally they've got a bit then of track to sort of uh, make a bit of a gap. So all eyes on Vettel and Bottas there. Bottas actually had a better start of the two of them, but for whatever reason, uh, in gearing up probably third to fourth or fourth to fifth, um, uh, he he stumbled a bit, and, and Vettel actually managed to, to bite back a bit of uh, track. And by the time they get down to that first turn, Vettel has his entire car past Bottas, or at least most of it, uh, going around the turn, and then out of the turn uh, is able to retain it. And then down the straight, uh, you know, the, the, the straight-line speed of the Mercedes is always a threat, but Vettel able to hold it off. 
um, down there and, and essentially pips him for first uh, going around the first lap. Bit of action around the back as well. Ricardo kind of spins out. Not really sure exactly what happens. Uh, but on replay, I think you can see it's Magnussen that squeezes out Stoffel Van Dorn, uh, who got squeezed out actually going around the first turn as well and did very well not to hit the Haas uh, on the outside. I think it was Grosjean or someone. Um, he may have hit him. He may have hit who? Grosjean. Oh, really? Yeah. Beforehand. Bef- yeah, in that in that first turn. Oh, really? Uh, okay. If you, if you watch the replay uh, from the helicopter and uh, Van Dorn's onboard, yeah, it looks like their tires get really really close, and then Grosjean twitches. Right. So okay. it's tough to tell if there was contact, but it sure looks like it. Uh, if there wasn't, it was miraculous because uh, that makes sense to me. Because on the replay, I just thought it's ridiculous that Van Dorn actually managed to get out of that. Um, without getting hit, but uh, sadly, yeah, I, th- I believe it was Magnuson to his right who who pushed him, and then he pushed, uh, who hit him, and then he hit into Ricard on the outside, who ended up uh, taking a spill for his uh, for his damage. Um, that wasn't the only bit of contact we saw, and not the only bit of contact we saw from Romain Grosjean either. Unfortunately, as around the fifth turn, um, himself and Esteban Ocon had a rather clumsy coming together. Yeah, uh, uh, Ocon tries to go around the outside of uh, of Grosjean, and Grosjean loses grip uh, in the turn and slides into Ocon, yeah. taking both of them off the track. Yeah, uh, bit he, of a shame. He, tw- he tweeted after the race, Grosjean did, saying, uh, I'm sorry for Esteban Ocon, uh, but with a puncture from being hit into turn one, it's rather difficult to control the car. Was that what it was? Is that what he was saying? Yeah. So I, I after he said that, I went back and looked, and that's ah. when I noticed the, uh, the Van. So Dorn. his his rear left then, presumably. Yes. Yeah, he did. He did wobble pretty wide. Um, he, yeah, he did lose it on that turn because it's that is like a fairly like open overtaking spot. Um, that's probably the only major overtaking spot left on that track until you get up to the next straight. Um, unless you want to dive into a corner, it's it's round the outside of that one. Um, so it was a, a valid overtake for Ocon and just a bit of a shame that uh, that, that happened. Interesting then that he said that it, it was because of his puncture because uh, right immediately, I mean the safety car uh, was out before that had actually happened I think for the for the crash up at the first couple of turns but um, they they were investigating him then for, for an on-track incident with him and Ocon right afterwards and I imagine if his car had been damaged I wonder if that would have been the case. Maybe? Right, because they gave him a 10-second penalty. Yeah, he actually did um, get the penalty, and he wasn't very happy about it either. Alcon yeah, tried to he, get his car back as well, actually. But uh, Yeah, he tried. He two, but two punctures on the, the the left side, I think it was. It wasn't going to make it work. Yeah, actually, the second part of that tweet is personally struggling to understand the penalty, though. Right. So I, it's, it was really tough to, to see um, right. that he had a puncture, if indeed he did. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, Gene, or not Gene Haas, uh, Gunther Steiner was also really peeved <laughs> right? Um, after the race as well. I mean, even watching it, I kind of felt like it was a bit of a racing incident because it wasn't like Ocon was squeezing him and it also wasn't like, and I'm not a big massive Grosjean defender, I think he complains too much and, and does get into accidents a lot, but there there was nothing he was really doing wrong necessarily he was put he was probably pushing a little bit harder just to retain position and he just lost the car like it wasn't like yeah. he it wasn't like he turned in or that he was pushing him out the car just went so regardless of whether it was a puncture or not i i, I thought that maybe it was a bit harsh yeah but, like what are you supposed to do just back off and let him take the uh, yeah, right i don't know 
Exactly. If you're getting overtaken, overtaken, that means you're pushing up against the limit of grip to try and retain that spot. Like exactly, you don't want to be sending the message to drivers that they that they just fold if somebody's trying yeah. to overtake them. Uh, yeah, but that uh, safety car was deployed for uh, Van Dorn, I think, who who had uh, gone off uh, the track after that contact. Right. Um, Ricardo gets back to the pits with no apparent damage and puts on soft tires. But uh, yeah, Van Dorn, Ocon, and Magnussen uh, are all out of the race. And oh, this is pretty good for Hamilton, who is already up in 14th place. Right. Because uh, he's gonna get he's gonna get another restart and the safety car. Yeah, bunching them all up for him. Yeah. Um, also, that's Gasly... warm up his laps, warm up his tires for a little couple. Of yeah, laps. there you go. He finally has a chance to do that. Uh, Gasly and Hartley are up to tenth and twelfth from nineteenth and eighteenth. Wow, fair play. Yeah, where uh, they would Massa... have qualified basically if had they not taken the the penalties. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Massa also had a killer start from ninth and now sixth uh, sits in sixth behind nice Alonso ahead of Perez. Yeah, teammates once, teammates no more. That's right. Um, pretty clean getaway on the restart on lap five for the top four, but Alonso loses a spot to Massa. Yeah, uh, right away on the straight. Uh, yeah. caught, caught napping a little bit. Bottas tried to um, get the gap on Vettel, and it wasn't quite a, a Hamilton getaway, but uh, Vettel did well to, to get that gap out. Hamilton, though, uh, did get one more immediately for 13th and then jumped uh, Hartley for 12th in the very spot he spun off in Q1. Right. Um, he then got gets strolled in the next lap, picking uh everybody off with with ease at a rate of about one one car per lap right and gets into the points about five laps later yeah it's amazing so, i think by lap 11 he was into ninth past carlos Sainz jr uh yeah um it's a it's it's an overtaking show as we thought it would be you know this right this is always fun when this happens uh ricardo also jumping people got by hartley on lap nine for tw- uh, 14th place yeah and, the, uh, and, and then, then past Stroll, I believe, on lap 11 into... Yeah, which is an amazing move. It's at turn one, and yeah. he he breaks from all the way back in Rio <laughs> to, to get on the inside of that. Uh, yeah. he, he locks it up, but it's a it's a great move. And, and picks off Ericsson a few turns later, actually. It's amazing. He has this ability to lock up wheels without having them totally fucked. Like, he locks it up, and where everyone else is, like, a massive uh, uh, um, flat spot or a huge plume of, of rubber smoke uh, puffed up into the air. He just seems to do it in a way that's like, you know when you're playing like Gran Turismo on easy and it just lets you e-brake into every corner. It's like right. that. It's amazing. He's, yeah, something else. Yeah. Uh, back at the front, Vettel is 1.8 seconds ahead of Botas, who has dropped back a little bit. This is lap 12. Yeah. Uh, lap 14, a great move by Hamilton to get by Perez. Perez moves to the inside of turn one to cover it, but Hamilton reads that move perfectly and goes to the outside without losing any momentum, um, setting up the inside of turn one for uh, the pass into seventh. Seventh place, so that means Perez at eighth now, and he qualified, uh, was it fifth, I think? Sixth? Fifth. Uh, fifth, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lap 15, Ricardo picks off signs for 10th at turn one and then does the same move on Hulkenberg on lap 19 for 9th. So also two two cars rocketing up the field. Uh, lap 20, Massa is kind of holding up Alonso now. Mm. Um, Hamilton pounces at turn one and gets Alonso into sixth place 
and then Massa a lap later for fifth. So right. from 20th to fifth in 21 <laughs> laps and is now only 17 seconds off the lead, which sounds like a lot for anyone but Lewis Hamilton. Right. He started on the softs with everyone else, did he? Uh, he started on softs while everyone oh, else was on super softs. Super softs, right, sorry. Uh, around this time, Botas is told to close the gap to Vettel. Uh, however, it is a 22-second pit stop delta, which would drop him right into the middle of that massa Alonso perez battle, mm. which would slow him down and allow Fettel to get away. So uh, they they stay put for a while. For a while. Yeah. But not too long. I th- I th- it was interesting. This whole section, this whole area or t- part of time was kind of like wondering when about that, that swap to soft is going to happen. And... When it did, I think it caught everyone by surprise. Yeah, so, I mean, they're trying to do a one-stop, um, and this is around, I think this is when the, the lap counter goes out, but it's around, like, mid-20s. Um, so, uh, and this is a 71-lap race, so right. that, that soft tire is going to have to last you a while. Uh, yeah. Hamilton, though, setting fastest laps on that soft tire, so podium definitely <laughs> not out of the question. Uh but yes, lap 28 is when Mercedes calls Botas in to mm. to try the undercut on Vettel. And if if uh, you're listening and kind of unclear or you ever watched the race and kind of unclear what the undercut is, uh, in other words, Mercedes thinks that Botas will come out in clear air uh, and do laps that are way faster than what Vettel's doing. So that when Vettel comes in, Botas has already made up time on him, meaning that Vettel would come out of the pits behind Botas. So he, he comes in and tries to do that, goes on to the soft tires with a 2.7 second stop. Uh, so Vettel pretty much has to pit here to yeah. minimize the damage that Botas will do on his new tires. Yeah, essentially Botas has like tires. made the decision for everyone else um, yeah. by doing this. So Vettel does indeed come in on the next lap. He also goes on to soft tires and does a 2.1 second stop. And they're pretty much neck and neck as Vettel ex- exits the pits, but Vettel does come out ahead uh, his previous lead of 1.5 seconds is gone, however, and yeah. Botas is right on him. For, right on uh, his tail. And I I, I think, I, I'm call me crazy, but I think Interlagos may be the best circuit for watching an undercut happen. It's so satisfying because the way in which the exit of the pit uh, road comes out um, alongside the little you know s's at the end of the the start finish straight is is amazing like you you have this one shot of you know the the two cars at totally different paces but like almost side by side weaving their way through uh, like slaloms almost and then pushing their way up up the straight i f- absolutely love it i was like yeah i was looking forward to it the minute Bottas pit i was like oh this is gonna be great <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really it's it's dramatic and it's really great for illustrating what's going on. For sure, You're right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the 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 rest of the dominoes fall, um, and everyone else pits except for Hamilton because uh, he's on those soft tires, so he inherits the lead. I will say before we go on, the only one that may be as good or better, it's hard to tell, is actually Abu Dhabi because you you can't even see the pit lane exit by the time that you're just kind of guessing when they're going to come right. out. <laughs> it's like the yeah. total opposite end of that. That's the one with the the tunnel, right? Yes, the one that go, it goes underneath the the star finish straight right before the the turn. So you kind yeah. of you kind of lose them and then you see them pop up and also the speed at which the other cars are carrying through that second turn is actually quite a lot going down. So or going up the hill. So 
it's 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 kind of ridiculous they just got to pop out out of nowhere it's amazing um hamilton is in the lead but by lap 32 fettel uh, appears to be pulling away and is yeah. already two seconds up on botas uh <laughs> lap 41 i guess is my next note i'm i'm with you man i i i went from 29 i had verline almost getting past signs on 38 and nothing till 41 there was there was a a couple of sizable chunks of not really much is going on here in this race yeah uh this and in my note here is uh <laughs> stroll trying to pull over cardo <laughs> basically on grosjean on grosjean <laughs> yeah he, awesome. he breaks way late on the inside yeah. of grosjean uh, it doesn't quite work, and Grosjean retakes the position. But I, I like what you're what you're going for, Stroll. Yeah, it was good. It was a, he, he tried to bite off a little bit more than he could chew, but uh, yeah, full marks for effort. I think on that one, it was awesome. Yeah, one lap I, later though, uh, uh, Hartley retires unfortunately. Toro right. Rosso, uh, not not doing so hot with that Renault engine. I guess uh, they have scored one point in the last three races, and Jeez, that came from Danny Kvyat. Right. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, lap 44. Number 44 pits from first place. Nice. Uh, Hamilton's obviously lost a lot of time on those old soft tires, but right. he has to make it uh, make the super softs last to the end of the race, um, which is 27 laps away. But uh, while everyone else had come in around that time, he's got a, a lighter car. Mm. So uh, he, he, you know was was doing great on the the softs so who, who's who can say right. how fast he'll go on these super softs uh it's a 2.7 second stop he rejoins in fifth behind verstappen and ahead of massa um and uh, according to his engineer podium still possible mm. left 46 stroll finally does get by grosjean on the outside of turn one for 13th place uh left 58 another big jump here hamilton now in drs range two for stappen yeah and on the next lap, Hamilton tries it at turn one, but Verstappen covers it well, uh, making Hamilton move to the outside and, and keeping the position for, for Verstappen. But a few corners later in the second DRS zone, Hamilton slingshots by. Uh, Ham- or Verstappen tries to cover it, but yeah. he's just got too much momentum. He's got, yeah, he, he, he fought as much as he could, but ultimately he's fighting a, a very fast uh, on straight Mercedes powertrain, so not much you can do about it. Who? started from the pit lane <laughs> right yeah i know <laughs> from Ridiculous. 20th position he's now in fourth place four seconds to raikkonen with I 11 give a mercedes a honda engine next year yeah i'd be all right with that, that. Go. homologation <laughs> uh lap 63 verstappen complaining of poor handling requests to pit uh because he's far enough ahead of the next guy in line which is ricardo um this request is initially denied but then granted um the yeah you know pit stops are dangerous like anything can go wrong you could get uh, you could lose time with yeah. uh, some snafu with the tires but undrivable cars also very uh, very <laughs> dangerous although the commentators pointed out that Verstappen gets a bonus a cash bonus for the fastest lap oh really yeah <laughs> that's so funny no wonder he was doing that a couple of races back yeah so uh ulterior motives all over the place he does end up uh coming in for a pit they do they do grant that request uh botas's engineer on lap 63 says to attack uh he's two seconds to vettel um hamilton does catch up to raikkonen at lap 67 with four laps to go tries it at turn one and locks up big time losing up uh, or losing a lot of momentum rather uh, and never really recovers hmm 
Uh, Stroll gets some tire fiber flapping around as a result yeah. of uh, all his lockups uh, and has to pit. Uh, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, Hamilton in the last few laps gets close to Raikkonen, but just can't get it up onto the podium. Uh, and Vettel wins the Brazilian Grand Prix with Raikkonen uh, in third, his teammate and Botas in second, Hamilton mm. in fourth. Yeah. Uh, and behind that, there's still a hot ha- a battle happening with Massa oh, and Alonso. I know, which right? Which has kind of been building the whole race. Alonso's like, let me at him, let me at him. Yeah. He's like, I don't care about Perez's times. Tell me what my my tell me my gaps to Massa every single lap. <laughs> right. Fucking hell. Um and it came down to the wire. Massa though keeps yeah. it ahead uh for seventh place, but it was a a, a, thr- a thrilling finish. Perez actually almost pipped Alonso at the end, but yeah. it ended Verstappen in fifth, Ricardo in sixth, Massa, Alonso, Perez. Nice work, Felipe Massa. No yeah. team orders that time. No not Alonso <laughs> pass that time beautiful yeah i think the uh the commentator actually said um uh felipe is faster than you <laughs> awesome which is yeah a, d- a deep cut uh post-race notes i have here hamilton sulking in his car for a while uh not in the in the top three cars although oh he, really he, he's just sitting there doing nothing he he may also have just been exhausted i mean <laughs> It is very hot there. I forget who. I think it was Verstappen in qualification was complaining. He says, my bum is very hot or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alonso, Alonso standing by his car at the pit entry, applauding as Massa drives in, which I thought was classy. Oh, that's cool. Uh, big cheers from the crowd as Massa exits his car. And baby Massa on the radio. Oh, man. Yeah. Cutest kid. Uh, I will not support the most you wherever you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including Formula E. <laughs> right. Uh, not the most talkative green room. No, I actually turned off. I didn't watch any of that. Yeah, no, you didn't. It didn't miss much. You did miss uh, some I mean, Brazilian <laughs> champagne music, though. Okay. Instead of the, uh, I don't know what overture it is that they usually play, but it's it was just like samba music. Oh, really? Just like lots yeah. of like whistles going off and stuff? Mm-hmm. Very good. I like it. And Massa did come out onto the podium uh, to give a, a curtain call with Rubens Barrichello. Lots oh. of Portuguese that's lovely who did the interviews was it rubens rubens yeah oh, well cool. for for massa uh oh, for right. the drivers it was the dude with the with the pink jacket Eddie i don't Jordan. know who he is no almost as annoying <laughs> no one in on planet earth is almost <laughs> as annoying as eddie jordan drew <laughs> i guess that, i guess you're right he's in a league of his own <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of senna chanting but when um uh, Felipe Massa got on the podium with his kid. He uh, changed to Felipe. Which ah, cool. that's nice. That's uh, also, according to F1Fanatic.co.uk, uh, this is 21 consecutive podiums for Raikkonen without a win, which extends the Jesus. most all time uh, by five. That's amazing. Yeah, second place is Jean Alesi. I mean, he would have. He wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for uh, Hamilton crashing out. Really. Which, I guess uh, you're right. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's been a while since we've... We've seen him up there a lot recently as well. I mean, this year, I guess, just in general. Yeah. It is, I'm not surprised the green, wasn't, green room wasn't particularly chatty. You've got somebody who didn't win the world championship, but could have, and two Finns. Right. <laughs> Apologies to all our Finnish listeners. <laughs> but they get it. Uh, the rest of the result I have here, as we mentioned... Um, 
I think I listed up through Perez in ninth, Hulkenberg 10th, Sines, Gasly, Erickson, Verline, Grosjean, and Stroll. Hartley, right. Ocon, Van Dorn, and Magnussen are So uh, who's the last? DNFs. Who at the top 10? Was there a Toro Rosso, Renault, or Haas in the top 10? Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg, okay. So that was the only little bit. And he was, what, 10th? Yes. So it's Ferrari, Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes, uh, Renault uh, with Verstappen, and then Ricardo. Uh, then Mercedes, Honda, Mercedes, Oh, I, I mean not Renault. with the engines. I mean with, the, with just the teams. Oh, just the teams? Yeah, it was just yeah. Hulkenberg. So just what Renault then. So that's how many points would he got? Was it was it 10th? Uh, yeah, it was 10th, so okay. he got one point. One point, so he pushed that gap up between him and them and Haas by one point. So 53 for Toro Rosso, yeah, 49 for Renault, and, and 47 for Haas, all going into that final race. Driver of the day, Lewis Hamilton. Unsurprising. I mean, he took, he passed a lot of people. Rubber banding, man. He's playing that game on easy <laughs> mode. What the fuck you think is going to happen? 50cc. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Uh, he is uh, your champion, of course. He continues to be. 345 points. Sebastian Vettel in second with 302. Valtteri Bottas, How close? 280. Oh, Still getting... possible. Is it? 25. Yeah, 25 points. So if Vettel goes out and Valtteri wins, he would win second place wow. by three points. That'd be something else. Yeah. Uh, Danny Rick is in fourth with 200 uh, points. Kimi okay. Raikkonen's got 193, so that's a close one, too. Ooh. Uh, Verstappen's got 158. Perez has 94. Ocon with 83. Sainz has 54. Felipe Massa with 42. Stroll's got 40. Hulkenberg with 35. Grosjean with 28. Magnussen, 19. Fernando Alonso, 15. Van Dorn, 13. Palmer, 8. Uh, Verline and Kofi at 5. Marcus Erickson, Pierre Gasly, Brendan Hartley, Paul DeResta, Jensen Button, Danny <laughs> O'Dwyer, and Antonio Giovinazzi all have zero points. I feel like we've had most drivers this year in like 10 years. Like just the yeah. amount of drivers. We've had returning drivers. We've had we've had one-off drivers. We've had a bunch of I people wonder, lose their seats. It's fucking weird. We've had swapped drivers. A, yeah, and it, I wonder if it's a... It's a an effect of the longer season that these drivers right. are coming in in the middle of the season now. Maybe it's a funny one. I don't know. We've had so many. Yeah, uh, constructors, Mercedes, in I think all that we've had first. twenty-five, including Duresta and Button. Uh, right, which is quite a lot. If I go to twenty sixteen, we had twenty-one. Oh no, sorry, we had. Uh, oh no, we had twenty-four actually. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm. Mixing, mixing it up. Van Dorn had that one race. And Rio Harianto. Although he has come back to, to drive for Toro Rosso. So. <laughs> That's right. In in, uh, in in only his his uh, three-letter name. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes, of course, has won the Constructors' Championship with 625 points. Ferrari's in second with 495. Red Bull's got 358. Force India with 177. Fair Williams play. has 82. Well done, Toro Force India. Rosso. Amazing. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. Number fourth place. Uh, Toro Rosso's got fifty-three. Renault's got forty-nine. Haas has forty-seven. Super uh, McLaren close. with twenty-eight, and Sauber with five. Five. The only way is up, <laughs> baby. Score uh, more points next race. <laughs> speaking of the closeness of Renault and Toro Rosso, mm. we've got some great back and forth happening in the press. 
this from motorsport.com Renault Sport F1 boss Cyril Abitable said we do not or we do have a little bit of concern about the way our engine is operated in the Toro Rosso car adding that there are never coincidences in this sport (laughs) sick burn but uh, Toro Rosso's got their own sick burn Uh, to respond with in a statement released on friday scuderia toro rosso said we mustn't forget that they are fighting with toro rosso for a better position in the constructors championship as suggested by mr immutable the situation may not be a coincidence but is certainly not due to scuderia toro rosso's car Mm. implying of course that renault uh is i don't know has a vested interest in toro rosso not doing well (laughs) Da, da, da. My tinfoil hat is secure. Mm. Things like this uh, never also, happen in F1. <laughs> in, uh, in other news, Pirelli has announced a even softer tire for 2018. Are you aware even, of this? Even softer. It's made. It's just wet cake. What's going on? It's uh. It's pink. Super super all. super soft. They Ultra haven't decided soft. on the name yet. They Ribbed are having pleasure. everyone vote on three names. Are you Ross. ready? Okay. Okay. Mega Take soft. A, oh. oh, fuck. I'm voting for that one. That's clearly the best, but keep going. Hyper soft. That's actually or, strong as well. Or extreme soft. <laughs> no, definitely not extreme soft. That's like, that sounds like an oxymoron. You can't, it can't. Soft cannot be extreme. Soft can definitely <laughs> be micro, mi- mega, or hyper. Mega. I think they should combine the two. They should go mega hyper soft. <laughs> Super mega hyper soft? Although then it starts to sound like it's a software company. <laughs> <laughs> hyper soft? So yeah, you're Super right. hyper soft? It's like, yeah, it's a bit like... What about Flandcre- Monster Flandcrest soft? Enterprises. Interslice. Uh, yeah. I, I don't understand why you can't... Like, I, I feel like... Going softer and softer and softer is a little bit like having 11 on your dial. Why yeah. don't you just make a super hard? Right. Yeah, at a certain stage. And just shift everybody. Yeah, like at a certain stage, what was once soft it can no longer be considered soft because of <laughs> right. all the other options that are around. <laughs> like, no point yeah, intended. At this, at this point, wouldn't super soft be medium? Yeah, kind of, right? And what's hard? Do we have hard anymore? <laughs> D- Diamond. Just take the leagues from right. StarCraft. Right. Hard is... Do you remember the Flintstones used to have those, like, rocks for their car, for their wheels? Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> actually, no. By this metric, hard is actually soft, and medium is ultra soft, and hyper mega... Uh, hyper life drifter soft is, <laughs> is soft now. It's fucking bizarre. I mean, yeah. like it is, like like as silly as it is, and we're being about this. If I came to the sport and there was like four types of soft tire, I would fucking walk away. Like that's yeah. the type of thing they need to like, like sort that out. That's like, I get it. The tires are soft because they're going fast and they are hot, and all, they, that's the way they work. But like, just for the sake of everyone, please differentiate them a little bit better. Yeah, uh, I'd be in for Monster Soft. <laughs> Monster Soft is also good. Microsoft, my, my, me, yes, it's smaller tires. Call them Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, when we do um, the when we have the 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 big front wheels or back, the small front wheels, big back wheels thing, we'll do again. Like that right. resurgence will happen, then we can have the Microsoft uh, wheels. Oh my god! Ah, uh, continuing on, Alonzo reportedly is in for the twenty four hours of Le Mans. Okay, uh, he is issuing a no comment, but that's word from the BBC, so y'all know it's true. Yeah, he's got to get his rocks and off somewhere. Yeah, yes well he's he'll be racing january in the imso weathertech championship rolex 24 at daytona Ooh. uh saturday january 27th and sunday uh so yeah getting some getting some time in the endurance cars mm. uh and moving on to the continuing story on the 2021 engines ferrari as we mentioned threatening to quit formula one surprise to no one yeah. uh but chase carey has responded to that and in so doing i think characterizes formula one or he he puts into words i think what matters about formula one quite well uh so this is from motorsport.com uh ferrari president sergio marchioni uh, last week complained about the increased focus on standardization in the planned rules claiming his team could pull out of f1 and saying i don't want to play nascar globally Mm. Kerry is adamant that Liberty still wants differentiation between competing engines and cars, but with closer competition. Quote, actually, I don't think we have a differing view to Ferrari. I'm not trying to be derogatory to NASCAR, but we don't plan to be NASCAR either. We don't want to standardize the cars. We don't want 20 identical cars going around the track. Uh, and the only difference is the driver. F1 is unique, and it marries up com- competitive sport to state-of-the-art technology. We want the teams to have the ability to do what they do to create cars that are unique to them unique engines to them, unique bodies to them. But we want to make success dependent on how well you spend your resources within some constraints versus how much you spend. And I think that's a healthier sport. Mm. And then those that can develop the technologies, develop the capabilities that are better than others, will enable them to succeed. Yeah, that's about as like pragmatic a response you can give to that, which is like probably not what Ferrari are expecting because what they usually do is they they throw all their toys out of the pram and then and then Bernie Eccleston comes, you know, it's it's that type of like that type of wheeling and dealing that we've previously seen in in, in F one negotiations. Um, I'm totally with Kerry on this. Like, I'm not a massive Ferrari fan at the best of days anyway. But I think what the sport needs more than anything else is all those legacy deals, which clearly benefit those top teams, like clearly benefit those teams and keep them up there and are to the detriment of new teams, which is the most important thing to F1. And the thing that has revitalized F1 over the past 20 years has been new fucking teams, Red Bull, Force India, like having other teams fall out because of their financial problems and having other people come in and get scooped them up like you need to incentivize that and ultimately people who watch the sport want competition ferrari fans mightn't want competition they might for they might want ferrari to win all the time but like i think the days are over of like ferrari being able to throw their weight around like that and and get what they want and ultimately i think right now an f1 without ferrari uh would be better than uh, an F one without competition. It, they're not, they're not the powerhouse they once were. They're not. There are other teams that have large fan bases. The Tifosi are massive, but if you look at like I don't know, anecdotally, if I was to look at my like F one fans now as opposed to in the nineties, there'd be far more of a spread of 
fans across teams than there would have been that sort of glory hunting Ferrari thing that you got with a lot of European fans. So I kind of feel like like this is a mar- a moment for for the the new organization uh, to to really like put a mark in the sand and say no, we are going to do this for the betterment of the sport. And if that pisses off some people who are going to earn a lot of money out of it, uh, then then that so be it. Like so, I'm totally with with Chase Carey on this, and I hope Ferrari for the sake of the sport just shut the fuck up yeah well said uh i think it's it's worth pointing out that ferrari is a publicly traded company and uh their stock price fell after marchioni said that right uh that they were that they were thinking about uh leaving f1 i mean like the other aspect of this is that like yes this stuff is really expensive but like ferrari is one of the brands in this that needs f1 more than a lot of the other ones like red bull don't I'm sure there's some sort of marketing push for them, but like for F1 is a very like I don't know what the word is, but it's 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 advertising at a very like top level. Like the types of advertising you get with with F1 and the reach that it has and the demographics that it hits is and generally the, and the, the cachet works. that it brings. Totally, and it's and it's it's that's why you've got Rolex and, and stuff being advertised on it as opposed to like Bud Light. Like I'm sure it's not you know. I de- I'm sure the demographic isn't just isn't just wealthy people, but like it's certainly middle class and upwards generally, at least in the Western world, right? So like there are many sports that Ferrari can can do that in. Like F1 is kind of the only one, and there's other people like Aston Martin we know who want to get involved in the sport as well. So I, yeah, they're I, competitors. Totally. So like I think it benefits. An F1 for Ferrari is probably more damaging to Ferrari than it is to F1 at this stage. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. And uh, this is this is why I'm excited for next year, um, just to see how all this shakes out. We've still got a few things up in the air. We don't have a Williams driver yet, uh, replacing Felipe Massa. Right. Uh, word is that Kubica is going to do some more testing. Although, who knows? Maybe um, Felipe Massa will get that seat. Could be. <laughs> could be. Uh, but speaking of demographics all around the world, Danny. Oh my God! It's time to race around. <laughs> Indeed, it is. World Rally Championship is in uh, Coffs Harbour, New South Wales, (coughs) Australia. (coughs) Danny's allergic to Australians. (coughs) Coffs Harbour? Yes. Goffs Harbour or Coffs Harbour? Coffs Harbour. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that'll be it. (laughs) Uh, For the Kennards Hire Rally Australia. Ooh. Camping World Truck. They're at Homestead Miami Speedway in Homestead, Florida, the United States, for the Ford EcoBoost 200. Uh, the World Endurance Championship is at the Bahrain International Circuit in Sakhir, Bahrain, for Bahrain. the six hours of Bahrain. Bahrain. Uh, the World Touring Cross Championship is in Macau. Ooh. For their Macau race. <laughs> And Danny. Yes, Drew. I, f- I forgot to look up what the NASCAR race is called. But they there could, is who one knows? This NASCAR, NASCAR's, you know where NASCAR is? It's in the heart. It's in the beating heart of every American, Drew. <laughs> it is, That's... but most especially in Homestead <laughs> Miami Speedway. Oh, it's also at the the Homestead Miami you, Speedway. W- okay. Yeah, with, with their friends, the trucks. For the Ford EcoBoost. 400 
It's okay. It's like the previous one, but two hundred more laps. Right. Yeah. Okay. Eco boost. That's yep. Ford eco cars are good for the environment. Ford eco boost. Let's boost the economy. We need yeah. We need more eco boost cars. Right. Replacing trees. We need more cars. Make American cars in America. Uh, <laughs> also make Japanese cars in America. <laughs> uh, you picked some emails. Should we I get sure to those? Eh? Uh, you can email us at f1.cool slash emails. That's how emails get done. You, put, you fill the format. That's how it works. That's emails. right. This one from Joe and Sarah Pop, uh, mm. who met us last year at the Austin meetup. Oh, yeah. Uh, along with their dad. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That was fun. They're good peoples. Uh, Sorry, we couldn't both make it of them. Year. What's that? Yeah. Sorry, we couldn't make it this year. Yeah. Uh, both of them write in to say, "Drew and Danny, as we shift F one to oh. another season." Oh, oh. I love it. Oh. I love it. See Disgusting. what I did there? Yes, I do, and it was great. Uh, <laughs> it would be great if you guys could revisit how you watch it all unfold and general viewing habits. Mm. Last I knew, Drew was into PlayStation View, and I'm not sure how Danny did his thing. <laughs> uh, even better to discuss is the huge wrinkle for us, us F1 fans in the States coming up next year as the coverage leaves NBCSN and heads to ESPN. There's right. a rumor that ESPN might even just rebroadcast the existing feed. What do you know about that other... Uh, what do you know about other feeds? What are we in for? Will we ever see our beloved Diffie, Habo, Matchett, and the backwards grid walking of Will Buxton again? We've grown quite attached to them and even created F1 bingo cards at our watch parties with many of those guys' catchphrases. Oh, man. I hope the center square is it's time to bring the action. (laughs) Uh, Is that what he says before every race or something? That's Yeah, that's uh, Lee Diffie's equivalent of lights out and away we go. Okay. Which I learned from watching the Olympics. He also does for rowing. All right, so there, there you go. go. I mean, sure, like it, it applies. Uh, stay cool. See you next year, and thanks for Shift F One. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Uh, I think it's time I just pulled the veil back on how I watch F One races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. How do you do it, Danny? Um, <laughs> no, actually, let me let me rein it back. How there are many ways you can watch F one races. If if yes. you are like me, if you grew up in in Europe and were used to the uh, the, the 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 big British castle uh, BBC's um, uh, uh, coverage of the events, then in the past there was only one way to do it. You would watch BBC, and if you moved abroad, you would have to find means to watch the BBC. Mm. So you know. I'm not saying that everyone should go to like, you know, Reddit streams or anything, but if you were so inclined <laughs> to watch uh, races on Sky, which is unavailable in uh, these United States, unless ESPN, of course, were to take over that, um, then that would be one way one would go about doing that. <laughs> and in the world, you know, in the, the, the ways in which the world works now with things like Soda Player, uh, f- fortunately or unfortunately for F1, it becomes far easier to actually, or Ace Streams, or any of these wonderful pieces of uh, of, of video streaming technology. Uh, you can get all kinds of things on there. Um, I really like um, paying for my sport. It's like important to me. I have lots of, I have like Madden 
I have my like NFL thing so I can watch all the games after the fact. Um, I did on MotoGP for a long time. I'm a UFC TV subscriber for going on probably four years at this stage. Um, so uh, judging by what I have seen on the internet during race times, there are a lot of people who just like to watch it uh, via streaming services. Uh, so I think it's probably a good reason uh, for Liberty and everyone to get an official one out there so that people can do it in a much more safe and legal manner. Uh, but the yeah. F1, uh, they're asking about the, the ESPN might just rebroadcast the F1 feed uh, from Sky. I wouldn't be half surprised. Um, if they did so, they would be uh, met with the uh, dulcet tones of uh, David Croft and Martin Brundle, uh, who do the uh, commentary. Uh, Brundle, an XF1 driver, of course. Uh, David Croft, uh, I've met before, absolutely lovely guy. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the pit team necessarily. I mean, Ted Kravitz does the pits, who's absolutely amazing. He also does Ted's notebook. Um, actually, there was a tweet earlier in the week where somebody, I think, texted him the word cock while he was doing Ted's notebook and it popped up on the screen <laughs> while he was showing his phone to someone. Uh, so that was pretty funny. But apart from that, Tesla notebook's amazing. He just walks around each place and and uh, and shows uh, shows tells you what's going on and gives you an up- update on what what's happening for the race. Um, and then the sort of yeah the 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 outer team of that Simon Lazenby is the main host who's I think he's all right. He's he's half decent. Damon Hill is involved a bunch. Um, uh, who sort of uh, I guess co-hosts I guess. And so does Johnny Herbert, who's an, another uh, who drove in like the sort of the nineties era um, uh, with Benetton and and Stewart. Uh, so he's also involved in it. So I'm not a massive fan of that trio, but they do have Paul DeResso doing most races in the back, doing sort of analysis and stuff, uh, and Anthony Davison, of course, as well. So they have a really strong team. Um, there's a co- couple of other people like Natalie Pinkman's involved and and Rachel Brooks and a couple of other folks. Um, uh, but uh, the the core team, I feel like for the races themselves, are really good. I'm just not necessarily a massive fan of the the package team outside of that. Yeah, you know, I I I have a soft spot I think for for the NBCSN team. Mm. Um Will Buxton especially is uh he hustles, he gets it right. done. Um but when I've seen the Sky broadcast, it's just another level. It's they have the, for one they're so much closer. They're at the tracks. The right. NBCSN guys are not. They're in Connecticut somewhere. Um <laughs> And they just have the access. They're talking to the drivers. You know, they're all in this, you know, traveling road crew together. Right. So they have such a deeper understanding of the sport. And they, um, they, they interview, like, you know, engineers mid-race or team principals mid-race. Yeah, you know? they talk to Christian um, Horner all the time during a race. Right. Martin Brundle um, does his pit walk, um, which is, you know, he walks down the pit lane and, and interviews people right before the, the national anthem kicks off. Uh, which is always fascinating because it's you know talking to racers, but also talking to you know celebrities who are there and stuff. And he's the type of guy who just like sticks his microphone in anywhere, you know. Yeah, I doubt if if ESPN was to rebroadcast the Sky feed, they would do anything but just the race, right? Um, but I would I would be very happy if they just did the the Sky call. Uh, I can't imagine they would do it without commercials, though. Right. Um, and I think. Part of what might be getting confused here is the 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 term rebroadcast. I mean, Formula One, there is only one video broadcast. Yes. And it's decided on by Formula One itself. They have their own guy who switches the cameras, their own race director. And then everyone gets the same 
broadcast. So you uh, can see when it kicks in. It's the part at which the the Formula One logo pops up with that sound. That's when the feed swaps over um, from from everyone from NBC Sports Network, Sky, the whole shebang. Uh, when the when the logo comes up and then they do the basically the three D sort of track walk thing where they show the different zones. That's when it right. kicks in, and that from then on, it's yeah, it's it's Formula One. Whoever the media partner is, who does that? Yeah, I uh, I PlayStation View is the best option. Um, I mean, this is all going to change because they only have one more race with PlayStation or right. with NBC Sports Network. Uh, so there might be a way to do the um, ESPN stuff without PlayStation View. Uh, that's the the not only the cheapest we actually have on F1.cool. I believe it's F1.cool slash watch what is it um that would be a good URL. faq uh, yes f1.cool yeah. slash f1 faq i have a, a whole grid here uh of different ways to watch formula one um i haven't updated this in a while so the prices may be different but again this is all going to change with next year espn is going to be rebroadcasting it in the in the u.s um and they were saying they were going to start a streaming thing um i thought for 2018 yeah so i mean we probably change too maybe we won't hear anything about it until that sounds like a real like we'll hear about it in february kind of thing hopefully yeah but you know i would gladly i like you said um pay for the stuff uh i i pay for moto gp yeah um I pay for supercars, uh, you know, as long as it's, you know, uh, I don't feel like I'm getting ripped off, which I do feel like when I'm watching NBC Sports Network and they go to commercial all the time. Yeah. Um, That's just not a good, yeah, it's not a good experience. So Mm. uh, I'd be, I'd be happy to get, to get around that with, with some money, but currently no, no way to do that. Mm. Uh, This one from Gustavo. Gustavo. This, this weekend, I went to my first ever Grand Prix and being a... Wait, this weekend, meaning the Brazilian Grand Prix. Oh, my goodness. Uh, awesome. Being an F1 fan for over as long as I can remember, I loved everything about it. I went to Interlagos all days and stayed on the... Laranja... Laranina. Laranina curve. Uh, the one where Hamilton crashed out in Q1. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, the best part of it all is that I managed to get a uh, lot of autographs and pictures with people such as Elaine Prost, Jackie Stewart, Nikki Lauda, Emerson Fittipaldi, and wow. almost all the drivers in the current lineup. Man, that's, awesome. that's a lot. That's a Fair lot. Play. Uh, this has been a great year for me in terms of F1, and it is mainly because of you guys. Aw, your podcast oh. has made me love this sport even more than I did before. Lots of love from a Bra- Brazilian who's sad because he didn't get to see Drew when he came here. Aw, <laughs> I'm sad I didn't get to see you, Gustavo. <laughs> It's fun. Awesome. Uh, we, we did a meetup in Amsterdam, like a no-clip meetup, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was very funny because we met, we met in an area called uh, Marie Heineken Plain, I believe it's called. It's like the back of a Heineken factory. Um, it's like a square with a bunch of uh, pubs and restaurants. And the only restaurant that could fit us, really, was the Irish restaurant, Irish <laughs> pub. So we went to O'Donnell's. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> That was fun. And then the fucking barmaid actually like went to school in my hometown. So No way. Small world, man. Fucking hell. That's funny. Um this last one comes in from Eduardo in Eduardo. Florianopolis. 
Brazil. 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 Uh, hey, Drew and Danny, and or Dave Lang. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing I've been uh, emailing you for some time because saying the name of my hometown on a semi-regular basis may prove to be good practice for the future. I just came across an article Ooh. about the future of the Brazilian Grand Prix, more specifically about what might happen after 2020 when the deal between the city of Sao Paulo and the Formula One management comes to an end. Hmm. The likely privatization of Interlagos is making the promoters of the race consider more financially viable alternatives. And their first option is, shockingly, my own hometown of Florianopolis. Uh, it would consist of a street circuit with the architecture of downtown Florianopolis serving as the background. Assembling and disassembling the circuit would be expensive, and the lack of public investment could prove to be a problem. But hmm. there have been talks between Bernie Eccleston and the former mayor of Florianopolis in 2014 about a possible race in 2016 which didn't come to fruition. Uh, and the promoters are now having similar conversations with Liberty Media and Florianopolis Tourism Board. Hmm. However, live, having lived my entire life in Florianopolis, I'm not holding my breath. We are a much smaller city than Sao Paulo, about half a million people versus 11 million. Yes. And our roads aren't as good, uh, aren't good enough for F1. Florianopolis is a very attractive destination for tourists since the city is pretty much a tropical paradise, oh, paradise wow. with over 40 different beaches. Oh my That's God. a beaches. Uh, but if Isn't Liberty it just Media one finds... big beach? If it's 40 different beaches? How how close, how separated are these beaches? Sorry. Continue. You're right. Yeah, we got to uh, talk talk to the, the beach police. <laughs> uh, but if Liberty Media finds out about the water and electricity shortages and endless traffic jams that occur when over a million Argentines come in over the summer to spend their <laughs> vacations, they won't be very excited about bringing an event as big as Formula One race to my neck of the woods. So, oh. as much as I would like to say... Floripa is the new Monaco until the prince to go away. The more realistic outcome, I think, is that the Brazilian GP will uh, continue to be at Interlagos. Uh, related fact, Floria, uh, Flor Floripa has been my uh, has been home to a go-kart race three years in a row with Ooh. Schumacher, Massa, uh, Fisichella, Alessi, Barrichello, and Luizzi among the featured drivers. That's cool. Uh, sorry for yet again a very long email. Brazilians are prolix. Prolix? You, you got me. Don't know what that is. Thanks prolix. and neum. Tediously lengthy, according to uh, dictionary.com. Oh, okay. There you go. I didn't think that was tedious or lengthy. Uh, thank no. you so much. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix has not always been in Interlagos. It was at is it Yaka Yakarapagawa Pagua Yakarapagua? I can never say it um, for a little while there in the seventies, uh, uh, which is in Rio de Janeiro. So it, it has moved before, um, but I like Interlagos. It's a fun circuit. Yeah, um, it, I mean, a street circuit would be all right, I guess. We we are missing one ever since Valencia dropped off the calendar, but uh, yeah, I guess. I could, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do like when they sh they mix the tracks a little bit, but it's it would be sad to see Interlagos go. In the same way, it would be sad to see Monza go, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, I forgot to mention, Joe and Sarah Pop also included an attachment. Uh, it is an MP3 <laughs> of Dave Lang doing the Dukes of Hazzard General Lee's horn, yeah. uh, in case anyone wants that for a ringtone. It's pretty, yeah, solid ringtone. I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> Oh, boy. That's it for emails, Danny. Again, it you is. can hit us up at uh, f1.cool slash emails. We are also on Twitter. Follow at Shift F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run across. I am Andrew Scanlon. I'm at Danny O'Dwyer. Shoutouts this week go to Frytup, 
who linked us to a PC Gamer story oh. uh, about a race car driver um, named Mike. I think I'm going with Schumacher. <laughs> uh, who? Let's see. He was racing in. He currently races for Renault Clio, um, but he had a near-death experience as a result of a complication with pneumonia and spent a lot of time in the hospital uh, recuperating and as a result decided to take up game programming wow uh as as he was recuperating and has uh uh, a kickstarter for a game called arena 3d which looks like it's basically geometry wars 4 okay it seems arena Um, 3d I think I played that. Isn't that one of the quakes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, kind of a it's kind of a generic name. Uh, but a there is bit. a there's a store a store page for it on Steam, um, with a demo showcasing three of three of the modes. It's pretty looking. Wow. So that's that's cool. Check it out. Thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll link that as well. Thanks, Frytub. Uh And then uh, Jan Mikiki. Mm. A.K.A. Grabuni on Twitter <laughs> sends this message: Stoffel Waffle is irresistible, and then a link to a picture of uh, Fernando Alonso planting a kiss on the cheek of uh, Stoffel Van Dorn. Ah, beautiful Stoffel Waffle. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, I was in, I was eating a lot of Stroop waffles in a. Oh my god! In, in Amsterdam. Yep. Oh, it so may bad. be the most delicious food in the world. You might be right. Stroop waffles are are really something else. I mean, waffles are delicious on their own, but to have them like in, embedded, like infused with syrup, it's just upsettingly <laughs> delicious. It really is. Oh, as always, you can find our show notes on F1.cool along with how to subscribe via RSS, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are sold, and how to uh, watch the, I guess, last race of... Uh, F1 in the United States if you need a nice uh, color-coded grid for that. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, I am Drew Scanlon. That's Danny O'Dwyer. If you'd like to support us, we are both on Patreon. Danny at patreon.com slash Danny O'Dwyer. Me at patreon.com slash cloth map. Anything else, Danny? No. uh, We're both very busy working on our our day jobs, I know, (laughs) with Patreon. You're editing three videos or four Four. videos about Brazil, and I'm editing three videos about video games. So there's a lot of shit landing. November and December, but uh, looking forward to the final race of the year. Next week, we get to talk about Abu Dhabi. Um, I think Yas Marina is a really cool circuit. I think sunsetting F1 with that final race uh, into the sunset is always um, uh, a lovely time. So, uh, yeah, if you missed the last couple of races for any reason and you've been enjoying this uh, this fun season we've had, then, you know, carve out some time um, in the early mornings on Sunday and, and check it out because it's always a really special event. And I always like watching it here actually quite a lot um, because uh, you kind of get to enjoy the end of a day and then it's only the morning where you are. So it's, it's always a nice race to watch. There you go. Looking forward to it. Uh, Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Yeah.